You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. Today, I'm going back to school. So we're going to find out what Equans has been doing uh, with schools to try and help them on the net zero pathway. Uh, Mark Dolling is joining us from Equans. Mark, hello. Hello. Good morning. Tell us what you do at Equans and a little bit about the School Zero project. Okay, so um, I'm Equans Director for Education and the Public Sector um, in part of our business called Places and Communities in the UK. So we work with the public sector, we work with local authorities, uh, schools, universities um, and other public bodies basically to support them on their journey to achieving net zero carbon. So we are essentially a construction sustainable energy and regeneration business in the UK, uh, part of the NG group globally, who of course have a, a very um, kind of illustrious history in terms of uh, sustainable energy. What is School Zero? So School Zero, we embarked on the development of a concept about 18 months ago, uh, conscious that there wasn't anything in the market specifically for schools uh, to support them in terms of retrofitting and decarbonizing. So school zero is our approach to decarbonizing the school estate in the UK. So explain to me, because I mean, you know, I I am old, you know, we've got we've got an audience here. We've got a a young person who'll be coming on a little bit later, but uh, I'm a lot older than Alicia, who's speaking a bit later, about five times older. So I went to a school that was all Victorian with old kind of like uh, radiators and things like that. Didn't have any of the stuff that modern schools, and we had those awful, um, those little caravans that you had to go and sit outside. English park yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so what what are you talking about when you say the school estate? Talk, talk me through that. Okay, so in the UK, there are 32, approximately 32,000 schools. Wow. Okay, and only a tiny handful of those are currently net zero carbon in operation. So the policy makers in education, and until this point, I think it's fair to say, have focused on new build and developing specifications yeah. to decarbonize new build. Um, and I think there's a general uh, kind of feeling that that has been sorted now. So there's, uh, you know, new output specifications. Governments across the UK have committed to all new build schools from, you know, 2021 forward will be net zero carbon in operation. But the, but the big challenge is how you decarbonize the existing schools estate. Um, so when we talk to local authorities, we're finding out that schools are significant consumers of energy and carbon. So t- typically, when we talk to local authorities, schools account for about between 30 and 40 percent of their total carbon consumption. What, for the whole local authority? That's huge. Yeah, so it's, it, is, it is huge. And it's alongside housing, I would say they're the two principal sectors that local government are really looking at in terms of decarbonisation. Now, more broadly, when, when we're looking to support places on their sort of place-wide transition to net zero carbon, one of the driving forces, one of, one of the sort of motivating factors for the creation of School Zero was that, you know, where better place to start with community transition to net zero carbon 
than in local schools. They can lead by example. They, you know, they sit at the heart of every community, you know, geographically speaking, but also in terms of their connectivity to wider communities. The, the, the power, you know, it's, it's an issue that young people are, you know, quite rightly passionate about and increasingly engaged in. So we wanted to to create an approach that um, that drew all of that together and that demonstrated to young people that um, if their schools are embarking on the sort of journey to decarbonize, that, that they're making a positive contribution, that it's a step in the right direction. So you're at school this morning, aren't you? Yes, yeah, we are, yeah. Please tell me you haven't had lines. You've been, you've been good. Oh yeah, I've been exceptionally good since I arrived, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're at the school in Milton Keynes and I think the head teacher, Matthew uh, Shotton is there as well. Matthew, hello. Hello. Uh, tell us about your school. What's it called? Where are you? So we are Fairfields Primary School uh, in Milton Keynes. We are on the western flank. We're a brand new development. We opened in 2017. So we have seen a community grow from very little housing to now, as, as we drive into the estate, um, considerable housing. So, you know, we, we've been here right from, from the start as, as really the only establishment that can draw people to, together. And in terms of, you know, energy, I mean, as a 2017 school, I assume you're fairly energy efficient. You're not like my old school. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, we, we do have the, the solar panels on the on the roof and we are energy efficient in terms of I remember when I was in school, we had light monitors and we used to turn the lights on and off. But, you know, nowadays when you leave your classroom, the, the lights automatically turn them, themselves off. However, what I think is lacking in when you when you take on new schools is that understanding of, of what those solar panels are there for. And, right. and I think that knowledge is something that not only needs to be shared with teaching staff, but then equally to, to the students. Because I think, you know, we, we take it for granted coming into a purpose-built state-of-the-art building every day, but we need to understand what makes us so unique and what makes this school so special in terms of the, the retrofit and in terms of what was working there to help support sustainable futures. And then passing that information on to children so that they can have a more of a positive influence on their families and their parents. So just describe your school to, to our listeners. So um, how many teachers, how many, how many kids do you have, how many forms? So we started as, um, as, as a brand new school with 35 students. And that was starting, we had um, nursery, reception, year one, year two and year three. No more than five children in each year group when we started. So as you can appreciate, it was pretty much, you know, I'll tell you a story that we were we were looking for a scissors because we had all these boxes arriving to unpack and the scissors was in the box. So, you know, we literally started with nothing. Um, but over the last four years, we've seen the school rapidly grow to now over 410 children on roll and, and a, a team in terms of professional service staff, teaching assistants and teaching staff to about 63 members. So we have grown quite rapidly over a very short period of time. Right. So let's talk about what, you know, Mark was saying. So in terms of, you know, the school, are you, I mean, I don't know how it works. Are you as the head teacher in charge of the bills? Does it go to the local authority? Do you have an idea of what your energy spend is or anything like that? How does it all, all work out? Yeah, so I suppose in my position as, as the head teacher, I work very closely with the business manager. And, you know, we look at management accounts every month and we look at income and we look at expenditure. 
And, you know, it's no surprise. We all we've all been hit recently with an increase in gas, um, gas bills, etc. And, you know, we're having these conversations now at strategic level in, you know, this is going to have a knock on effect on, on us as a school in terms of how much money we're spending on on this. What can we do to, to try and reduce? Sorry to interrupt, but do you, do you have like, do you get a budget from the local authorities saying this is your budget and then you manage it? So in terms of or is it centrally procured your energy? So as a as an academy, the, the money comes directly from us from from the education fund. So right. you know, from our point of view that we are funded directly. Gotcha. But then the reality is the, the bills and the management of how we how we spend has to be very carefully accounted. And, you know, that sits at trust level with our chief financing officer and also then at school level with a business manager. So in terms of why you wanted to be involved in this project, did, did Equins approach you? Did you approach them? How did it work? So I think it's always been something that, that's been on my mind in terms of, you know, I, I've seen a lot of schools of, of late that are, that are flying a green flag outside their school and, and showing that they're a green flag school. And, I, and I've looked at it in terms of what are they doing in, to make a difference. And Sorry, can you explain what does a green flag mean? Does that mean like they're sustainable or something? Yeah, well, it's a prestigious award that you would get when you've um, you've got accreditation for achieving certain things within the eco the eco flag um, right. organization. But again, it it was it goes beyond more than that for me. And and the reason why I got involved was following conversations with with Mark, and then I was in touch with with another gentleman called Andy Middleton, who was quite inspiring with some of the work that he's done in in this field. That. The thing that I'm really passionate about is how do we make this difference in our community? So we can do with School Zero, the education platform and the website and, and that all that is, is, is brilliant in terms of in school. It's about the knock-on effect and how is that going to impact to wider audiences? And, you know, Alicia and I were having a conversation this morning, just, just randomly about with our allotment, you know, how, how are we making sure that when we're growing the vegetable, that we're growing them organically and actually then there's a purpose for it, that it, it comes to plate and actually then it's that knock on effect as to what, so what's the point in that? What was the impact going to be? And then we were talking about, well, these messages are going to go to parents and it's going to be around, we could be growing our own, we could create our own little allotment in our own garden that's going to go back and and, and reduce that, that carbon. And then the other thing that we talked about was, I don't think it's very visual, especially for younger children. You know, they, they turn on the television, they turn on, you know, it just works. There's no understanding of, you know, we've got a playlist. We want to listen to 10 songs. Where does that, where does the energy come from? And what would we, and what we've been talking about today is, what do you think we would need to do to generate that energy? Mm. Would it be that we have to walk X amount of miles every week? Mm reduce that and then we were talking about how do we get these messages to our parents that you know five days a week you drive is there any chance that you could drop the car for three days and walk for three days that would have a real positive contributing factor to becoming more net carbon zero yeah as you can see matthew matthew and and the school here are really really passionate yeah, yeah, definitely. Ability, and we, we, um, in answer to your earlier question, we we approached the trust that Matthew School is part of, probably about eighteen months ago, when we were starting to develop the concept of School Zero, because we wanted to hear school leaders, teachers' views about how we could develop the right product for the market, what they were, what they were looking for. So it's not, you know, so coming in just sort of bolting technologies onto schools 
and retrofitting is just kind of one half of the equation. What we were equally interested in was developing some curriculum content around the, the, the subjects of sustainability that schools could, could use. We've developed a website as well that has got that curriculum content on and has also got some uh, kind of bite-sized TED Talk style videos for teachers to improve their understanding of sustainability as a, as a subject, to give them a little bit more confidence when they're engaging their students and teaching their students. So we've kind of created this website that we're encouraging schools to use, schools as they enter the programme, but we have actually made it free to access to all schools in the UK, right. whether they're part of the School Zero programme or not. So just, just to clarify, School Zero is, is a mix of coming in, retrofitting, you know, doing the energy side, you know, change boilers, stick solar panels, whatever, but also yep. this, this educational side as well. Is that right? Yeah, and, and they're equally powerful in terms of the impact, I think. But the, in terms of the education side, it's what we wanted to do was have, a, have an approach that if the schools are commissioning the retrofit work, so, you know, teams turn up to install some roof-mounted solar, yeah. there'd be some curriculum content that runs alongside that. So the teachers, while those panels are being installed, can be running a workshop on uh, solar power. How it, how it works, that sort of stuff. It's a simple example, but it kind of but it brings it to life as a topic and it, it really deepens the children's understanding, the pupils' understanding of, of what sustainability is and what renewable energy is. So two, two essential elements, the, the education content, the engagement of communities in the process of decarbonisation, and then the power of, that young people like Alicia have in terms of adapting their behaviours in school so they become more sustainable people, citizens, which has a positive impact on energy consumption in school, but also uh, the influence they can have in their home, actually in positively influencing their families and their friends and the school in terms of its network into community groups and is, is immense. Yeah, uh, that, that's what, you know, we genuinely think that schools can be the catalyst, should be the catalyst to wider community and place-wide net zero carbon transition. Well, we, we've, we've built her up and here she is now, Alicia. Hello, how are you? I'm good. You're good. So you're Alicia, I've got to get this right, Bo Bodai, have I got that right? Bodhi. Bodhi, sorry. And you're 10, yeah? Yeah. So now, I know your teacher's right next to you, your head teacher. But you can tell me, have you just been having to do this or do you enjoy it? I enjoy it. <laughs> That's a good answer. I like it. Why? Why do you like it? Because since I'm the Eco Council, then I find this interesting because I would be able to help the school to be better at being sustainable and to take care of like the environment around the school. What, so what's the Eco Council? Tell me about this then. The Eco Council is a group of children that really care about making the earth sustainable and green. So it's just like a group of us which would help out with the allotment, with making the school more eco-friendly and things like that. Well, why, why, are you, why did you join it? Is this something you've always liked? Yeah. Why, why is that? Because your mum and dad or just because you just like some people like animals. I used to like rockets and dinosaurs. I didn't think about the environment. Why did you want to do this? I kind of find it like um, fascinating that there's loads of different wildlife and plants 
and um if we don't take care of them then they could all just go yes true yeah so what about your friends are they i mean when you're you know there's things you play Fortnite. i'm sure you play Fortnite. there's video games there's things like that that everyone's talking about toys but do your friends talk about things like i don't know the the planet climate and stuff do you talk about that yeah what do you say we talk about what we could do to to help the environment like turning off the lights when you're not in a room and for example when you're washing the dishes then there's this like i forgot what it's called but it's like this kind of tub that you use um, and, and instead of using all of the water like wasting loads of water then you could wash your dishes from there and then it would also help you to pay less when you're um doing the bills and things like that this is very good you know my father is, is dead now we'd be very proud of you because he was always telling me to turn the lights off so this is good so you're telling so what about your mum and dad do you tell them mom dad turn the lights off yeah ah oh, so are they worse than you no <laughs> So this is very good. And in, in terms of the learning, do you like some of the projects? Have you What have you learned? Have you learned about solar power? Have you learned about kind of wind power or anything like that or, or anything like that? T tell me what you've been looking at. In class, we were learning about renewable energy and, and like how you could, like how um, solar panels, and windmills and things like that can help like to well it can help renewable energy this is very good stuff i mean I, i'm impressed matthew are all the children as engaged as this yeah i, th I think it, it stems from the culture that, that we've created in the school as well and you know i know that yeah I'm, I'm very open and honest, and that's the culture that we've kind of, we've set in the school. And, you know, the, the Eco Council are not shy in packing their punches when it comes to telling me what's working and what's not working. And and I think that that that's important as well, because they've got a voice. And, you know, I had I had a, a child come to me last week, and, and COP26 has obviously had a yes. real impact. Oh, so I, was, I was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and a child came to me and said, you know, I really think we should show David Attenborough's speech to the whole school. And I thought, well, that, you know, so it's so it's not just what's happening in school now. It's it's happening in the in the communities, it's happening globally. It everybody's talking about it. But it's really nice to see that it's actually having an impact on children as well and young people. I mean, it's one of those things which is funny because is it your job to teach us about the planet as teachers? It's not in the national curriculum when it comes to key stage one and key stage two. It's not. However, you know, what we do genuinely pride ourselves on is the fact that we are trying to create citizens of the future and we're trying to bring into, into the community that our children are responsible citizens. And with that responsible citizen agenda comes, you know, the, the responsibility that goes beyond what you're doing uh, in the school, but it's about what you're doing as a positive contributor to the world as yeah. well but, you know we we have a we talk a lot about our values and and one of our values being you know around integrity and i always say to the children you know there's lots of many definitions for integrity but the one thing i always say is doing the right thing when nobody's watching and and that is having a you know a real positive effect on on the student so yeah it's not it's not part of a formal curriculum but it's absolutely part of our agenda of what we're trying to create for the future yeah 
So Alicia, so let's go to your classroom and so or your your playground. No one throws in any cans on the floor. They all go in the recycling bin, do they? Yeah. Well, that's good. After school lunch, everyone's very good at tidying up, are they? Um. <laughs> The younger children usually eat before, like, the older children. Yeah. So they leave, like, a mess. But after everyone else has finished eating, then the lunch ladies and the lunchtime supervisors are always, like, tidying up, wiping tables and brushing the floor and stuff like that. Have you got, have you got recycling bins, Matthew, and things like that? Yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah. Are the teachers using them? Yeah. There's... <laughs> There's some in classrooms and there's also waste bins. Oh yeah. So when you when you do a drawing or something like it goes in the paper rather than you put it in something else. So you you guys know where to put things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your teachers do a good job? Yes. No, oh, there's a good pause there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just to end with Mark, I mean, look, it's it's great. You know, you've got school here that's very you know forward thinking. But, you know, let's be honest, lots of schools struggle just to get on getting the kids, you know, to school and sort this stuff out. It, and particularly schools that are older, Victorian schools, things like that. Yeah. Can you see a role for, for this project, you know, with respect to Matthew's school? It's a, it's a new school. It's got a lot of things going for it. It's, it's harder to do this in a tough inner city school, which is kind of, dare I say, falling to bits and got damp and all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to need some significant capital investment. But, you know, as is, as is everything, actually, you know, in terms of uh, housing and, and wider infrastructure, transport yeah. networks, you know, but as I said earlier, what we wanted to do was was launch a product, um, launch an approach that would be a bespoke solution to each school. Every school is different. Every school right. is yeah, different. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Building is different. So, so, that, so our approach starts out by the production of a kind of roadmap report, a school zero roadmap report, where we will baseline energy consumption, baseline carbon consumption for each school, and then set out in a very logical format the interventions, the, the, the capital projects that are needed to get that school to net zero carbon. Then schools are able to approach that on a piecemeal basis as, they, as they're able to secure funding so that they can plot the journey and they can plot the progress they're making or with a bit more significant capital investment they're able to do it all in all in one go right and in terms of the resources you guys fund those resources due to the school um no Not so learning resources and things like that typically so we're just sort of embarking on the on, on this journey now we're working with i think the last count you know in in excess of 100 schools now on the production of these uh, roadmap reports we only launched the uh, we only launched school zero at the beginning of october so we found you know great engagement from the from the education community they're really it is something they're really interested in good stuff um, what we're, what, what we're tending to do at the moment is we're supporting multi-academy trusts and local authorities with bids for funding. So the Public Sector Skills Fund or Public Sector Decarbonisation Scheme, you know, we expect further rounds of that in, in future years. So first stage is to get these reports, which, um, you, you know, gives schools the framework really for future investment and get them engaged uh, via the website, via the School Zero uh, website. We want that to become a forum which really, you know, young people become the innovators. Schools share the content of uh, lessons and projects that they've recorded and they can then share that with the community of other schools across the UK. 
Um, and we want that to develop organically, really. We want that to become the, the, the you know, a, a platform, a really positive platform where young people are kind of grabbing hold of this issue and demonstrably doing something positive about it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and Matthew, just to end with from you, I mean, for other schools, I assume you've talked to your staff, they're, they're back in this. Have you talked to other head teachers and had a chat about this? Yeah, I have. And, you know, one of the things that we raise uh, at our local heads board, you know, I, I've, I keep going back to and I say, you know, as as educators, that we all have the responsibility to work with our students, children and young people to help them understand and, you know, to contribute to tackling challenges around the environment and sustainability. But I don't just think that this should take the form of our formal curriculum. I think it should be implemented in the way we operate as schools as well. So, you know, it is something that we talk to other head teachers around. It is something that we're trying to drip feed. But it's about, again, it goes back to that knowledge is power, understanding why and understanding the real impact that we're having if we don't make a change. Absolutely. Uh, so, Alicia, just to end with you then. So what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a singer. Oh, nice. In an eco band powered by renewable energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to end. Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining us on Future Net Zero. It's been brilliant chatting to you, and I think you're doing some great stuff. So especially you, Alicia, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. <laughs> Cheers, all. Thank you. Thanks. You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Future Net Zero. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business better planet.